Success looks like moving towards my fear. How can I not be fearful today? How can I not do that, right? Welcome to our podcast, Teaching and Leading with Dr. Amy and Dr. Joy. I am Dr. Amy Viaclia, Director of Educator Preparation. And I am Dr. Joy Patterson, Chief Diversity Officer. Our podcast addresses issues through the lens of diversity, equity, and inclusion, along with solutions for us to grow as educators. So join us on our journey to become better teachers and leaders. So let's get into it. Hello, Dr. Joy. Hello, Dr. Amy. Wow. We are live and broadcasting from our very own Governor State University's podcast booth for our Radio Jaguar. Absolutely. Go Gov State. <laughs> this is exciting and it's super exciting that we have our first guest in the radio room, right? Mr. Jamal Cole. Jamal Cole came to us today to speak for our Martin Luther King Jr. Breakfast, an, a fantastic event. We had music from Crete Money Jazz Band mm-hmm. speakers. Jamal Cole really led us with some inspiration and some stories, and we want to go further with that today, our one-on-one time with him. Yes, absolutely. Jamal Cole is a champion of social justice. His mission is to build a more interconnected Chicago on the pillars of service and education. As the founder and CEO of the city's fastest growing social impact organization, My Block, My Hood, My City, Jamal Cole is the creator of an exposure-based education program for teens and a network of volunteer initiatives that serves Chicago communities year-round. Traveling, youth mentorship, and community organizing are the subjects of Jamal's highly acclaimed books and speeches. He has spoken to audiences ranging from high school students to the mayor of Chicago. In 2022, Jamal Cole received an honorary doctorate degree in humanities and philanthropy from Adler University. Congratulations, Dr. Cole. (laughs) Thank you. And was voted best activist by the Chicago Reader. Jamal was named one of the 25 most powerful Chicagoans by Cranes Magazine. He has also been awarded the 2020 American Red Cross Community Impact Hero Award. In 2019, Jamal Cole was named to Cranes 40 Under 40. He's also the recipient of the 2019 Champion of Freedom Award the 2018 Chicago Defender Men of Excellence Honoree, and the 2018 Chicago City Council Resolution Award. In 2018, he was also named one of the 20 most inspiring Chicagoans by Streetwise Magazine and a Chicagoan of the Year by Chicago Magazine. He was recently voted 2021 Activist of the Year by Chicago Magazine Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, Thank you for having me here today. It's a beautiful campus. Thank you. It is such a pleasure. So before we really get into it, and we have a lot of questions for you. Actually, we want you to do most of the talking, but we have some questions for you. I want our audience to get to know you better. Okay. So tell us about 
you, you know, your critical journey that led you on this pathway to where you are now in doing the activism work that you're doing? Yeah. Um, just uh, my dad was playing Malcolm X and Stokely Carmichael. Um, I watched the movie Malcolm X so many times. I thought Denzel Washington was Malcolm X growing up. Like Everybody was watching Aladdin and I was watching Malcolm X. Um, my dad would play Malcolm's speeches in the car at the basketball games. Everybody's playing music. My dad's playing Malcolm X. You know, so. Um, everybody teased me and called me Booker T. Washington and um, all that kind of stuff. He made me wear suits to school every day. But I wanted to be like Malcolm. I wanted to be like Martin. I wanted people to think I was smart. I wanted the crowd to cheer for me. I wanted to I wanted to, um, to speak in front of the currency exchange in the beauty supply store and get the oohs and ahs and teach people. So I just tried to – with that as my backdrop, the beauty, the beauty supply store is my back, backdrop, I just went in and started learning about my community and figuring out how I could teach people. If the red line was closing down for a year, I want to know, was that an inconvenience to the people? If charter schools are moving in, is that an inconvenience? How do you feel about that versus traditional public schools? Um, what's going on in the community? How can I learn and teach people? And I, I just went for gusto, just going to the library every month and begging the branch manager to let me use the community room and flyer all month, nobody would show up and he'd feel bad and send his staff in there to listen to me speak. I'd do it again the next month and two people would show up. I'd appreciate them. That turned into four. I appreciated it. It turned into eight. That's kind of, I just started that way, really from the mud. Earlier this week, Dr. Amy and I, we had an opportunity to interview Dr. Crystal Harris and our conversation was on racial healing, you know, in celebration of the National Day of Racial Healing. And she also talked about her childhood and her parents and how that was the start of her activism. So it's just, I love how it just all comes together. It's yeah. part of who you are. Like, you didn't have a choice. <laughs> no, no, no. My mom was a Jehovah Witness. She raised us. We went to the hall three times a week. And so Sundays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, I have to put up, and then Saturdays going out and knocking on folks' doors. I didn't know I was learning to be a community organizer. Um, I hated going to church on Sundays because I wanted to watch football with my dad, but my dad insisted that I go because he said, I don't want you to be afraid to talk to white people, mm. so you got to go to the church. And so I had to go four times a week with my mom, and so that's kind of, um, my mom, I, you know, my dad takes a lot of credit, but my mom really spent the 10,000 hours with me um, reading the Bible, um, learning how to memorize presentations and giving hand gestures. So uh, I spent a lot of time doing that. Let's talk more about your inspiration. Sure. You write yeah. that you didn't ask for the role of community activist, mm -hmm. but it's one you lead with love. Yeah. You truly do. Mm -hmm. What or who would you say is your biggest inspiration? I would say... It sounds cliche, but Barack Obama probably, you know, because when I was, tw I don't know how, like 24, and I saw him at the Bud Billiken parade, I felt like I want to, that's going to be a president. Like, wow, like, what, who, is, who is that? You know, I, he wasn't even a, a senator. He was running against Alan Keyes. But he was confident. He was married. He was on the back of a Benz waving to the people in the crowd. I was like, I want to be like that. Like, who is that? And then I read his book. And I, I was like, wow, he has, like, he's teaching the fundamentals to community organizing. Like, and he left a playbook on how he did it. What? I'm going to all Gale Gardens where he started. So I, I just followed everything he did. Like, okay. And I read about his elections and how, you know, his wife was, you know, Michelle was like, man, you about to spend all our kids' college money if you, you've been losing. And he was like, I let her take comfort in the fact that I was going to lose. I was like, what? That's brilliant. And so my wife was always like, well, you spent too much money. I'm like. 
I've read the playbook on this before, you know. So Obama to me is um, I, I'm very rarely am I super nervous. When I got to meet him, I, I think what I said to him was like, you've been to so many countries. And he was just like, <laughs> that's all that came out. That's the question you thought of. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, well, you've been to all these countries. He was like, what? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I got to go to a basketball game with him one time, and I thought that was just phenomenal. So. That's great. Yeah. Uh, wow. So we introduced you earlier, mm-hmm. you know, as being a catalyst for change. And that doesn't come easy. It doesn't come without a lot of drama, right? Mm-hmm. So what actions have you taken, if you could think that you've gotten the most pushback on, number one? And also, what do you say to your haters, and, and then I, I, I kind of want you to expound on that too, because we're not just talking about normal, everyday mm-hmm. haters. Mm-hmm. You have some extreme haters, so you've mm-hmm. been able to relate mm-hmm. to Dr. King. You've yep. been able to relate to Malcolm X. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah, um, well, I try not to respond with my ego now, because you know I'm 40, and so I'm trying to you know, be more mature, and I recognize I got kids, and I don't want them to, you know, to to make the same mistakes I did. Um, there's a some activists come up to me and they say, um, "Well, you know, you're you're not you're like Dr. King. You're not like Malcolm. We're like Malcolm. Like we're in the front lines. Like you're mm-hmm. like Dr. King. I'm like I want to be Malcolm. Like what do you mean? Like why what else gotta be Dr. King? Like you know." And uh, but uh, I realize there's a lot of different types of activists, and we all have our different roles, and um and you know, tactics on how we um, tackle issues. Some activists, their specialty is um, making sure causes aren't forgotten or being behind ambulances. Some activists like me have nonprofit programs where we take teenagers on on field trips. Um, All of that is good for Chicago because it puts pressure on institutions to address issues we care about. So I've learned to just um, not react and and think about it. But yeah, I, I, um, again, and also I stand guard at the door of my thoughts and I watch what I take in. But I can be petty sometimes, and I will go to Instagram, and if somebody says something negative about me, I'm sensitive. You know, if you spend all month working on a speech, and then you get 50,000 views, and somebody comments negatively, you know, that that's uh, it's not the best. And so I sometimes I'm petty, and I will go look into who that person is. But anyways, I, um, I'm growing. I'm growing, and I'm evolving. So, Well, hopefully we all are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. said... If you want to change the world, pick up a pen and write. You have done just that. Could you share a little about what writing has done for you and for your community? What impact do you hope your writing will have? Yeah, I try to write a book a year. You know, I grew up listening to Nas and him being vulnerable. And, um, you know, I've written seven so far. Um, Yeah, and so I, I, I... Writing is the way I learn. Like being creative, it takes a brave person to be creative, and I learn best by creating. And and so, I um. I try to plagiarize life. Like that's my style of writing. Like if I'm on the red line and here's how it smells, or here's how it sounds when the chains are popping, or, or, it's really just I, I reflect after the day on what I did and turn those things. And then my things that I try to do, like currency exchange campaign where I'll stand in front of the currency exchange and assign 250 people up for bank accounts instead of cashing their check at the currency exchange. I will. Uh, um, I find it fascinating when I start doing research that 
over the course of a lifetime, people spend $40,000 in fees at the currency exchange. And mm -hmm. they charge 3% on your $100, but they have bulletproof glass windows up. To me, I'm like, you're robbing us, but you have the bulletproof glass windows up. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I write about stuff like that because mm -hmm. it's a, uh, it, I plagiarize everything that happens in my life. What impact have you already seen from the writing that you've done? Um, well, um, it encourages my daughters to uh, um, write. My daughter wants to write horror movies. I have no clue why. Um, I'm scared of watching scary movies. I have to watch them with her in the daytime now, but she wants to write, and I don't know why she wants to do that. But anyways, I think that um, also, if you have a book, you don't need a resume. Like, you know, like I've never had to have a, a resume for a job. When I come in, I just bring the book and that says everything you need to say like hey this is what I've done and people they or you can bring it. your daughter yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she, she'd get the job and I wouldn't for sure she'd get it like yeah <laughs> yeah uh, this week we you know first of all Amy we're behind in our writing <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes. That that yeah. is amazing. Yeah. You have work. inspired me. A thousand words a day. A thousand a day. You got it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And and so you're teaching your daughter. You're you're modeling for your daughter just like your parents did for you. Mm -hmm. This week we've learned several things about racial trauma and the healing process. One starting with research and history. Uh, the next step was connection, making connections, and you're out there making these connections all the time. Mm -hmm. The third thing was healing, you know, and that takes us working together with a diverse group. And then that fourth thing is taking action, which you are doing. You're taking a lot of action. Mm -hmm. So what's something... So this is advice to us. If you could give us advice at Governor State University, this is this is our hood, mm -hmm. right? And we have a whole community around us. And Dr. Amy and I, in particular, we do a lot with Title I schools mm -hmm. in our area. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly reaching out and we have programs. What is something that you think that we could do as a community mm -hmm where we take action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, leadership to me is taking action. It's not really what you say, it's taking action. And um, I think that allowing students from under-resourced communities to experience your campus would be um, a great way to take action. And I see you understood what Title I, yep. and I should have explained no, what you. Title I, I schools you. were, but yep, you understood. know, these are students who at least have 40% 40 40 or more on free reduced lunch. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about schools that have a high poverty population. Yeah. So thank you. But you yeah. jumped in. You yeah. knew exactly. Yeah, for sure. I, I didn't even know um, a food stamp you know, it wasn't real money until I put one in a pop machine and it broke. <laughs> so that's mm -hmm, how I found out mm -hmm. I was in welfare growing up. But I, I loved free lunches. But, but I say that to say, yeah, thank God that you guys are doing that work. That's leadership. Because a lot of kids, they don't know it's possible until they get on the campus and see it. Like, man, like, like you guys have a, a art garden outside. You know, that's, that blows people's mind. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. wow, some, some, who created that? Who were they? Were they rich? Did, how did they believe in themselves and their ideas? Like they made it happen, right? And so you guys exposing kids to your campus now it's possible for them. And um, exposure is key. So that's one of the ways. Also, um, allowing speakers like myself to come to campus and and arouse enthusiasm or inspire hope. I think that is a really good way to get people together. Um, and people want to work at places that are are, are socially engaged. So I, I think that's how you can keep people. So y'all y'all are leaders in that regard. So.
Now, I get pulled into the news vortex. We know it can be really disturbing. It's really heartbreaking and hard nationally, locally, globally. But I love what you said, stand guard at the door of your thoughts. What are ways you keep positive energy while still staying informed about what is going on in the world and the community? What advice do you have for us who get sucked in and need to stay afloat? I try to listen to my wife more. I mean, because I feel like she is she is um i'm learning so i'm yeah. learning mm-hmm. I, because she keeps me grounded you know she always um she wants to go on at the end of the month she wants to go to california i'm like no i don't want to go but i realize that life happens in between your plans so i can have all these speeches planned i can have all this activism planned but she's like let's go to atlanta or let's go to cali or let's do something and i'm just starting to like uh to to trust her that her judgment and all that stuff so um also um i spend time with my kids you know they don't care nothing about you know um you know, I'm dad, and they're going to try to pull my my beard or pull up my hair. My daughters think my hair is ugly. Like, cut your hair. Go back to what you were doing before. And I only started growing it because my son, I wanted to keep him healthy for 18 years. That's why I started growing it. But but anyways, yeah, so I listen to my wife. I try to stand on, like, I, I try to, if I say I'm going to do something, I try to do it. Um, oh, and uh, anytime that I get weary, I volunteer. Like, I think that that is the key to getting back into the work. Once you get around, you keep your ear to the streets, you go out there, that rekindles the spirit of community organizing for me. You shared some stories Mm -hmm. during your talk today, and that's about being part of the community, Mm -hmm. hearing the narratives. You have your own narrative, your own stories. Could you share some of the stories that, keep you grounded that keep you volunteering that keep you working as a mentor yeah um of course i i was talking earlier about the kids that i asked like uh, marquell i asked them i said hey you know what'd you do this weekend he said i had a great weekend jamal you know i ate some good food i got to travel a little bit i got to dance i was like well that's awesome now would y'all have a family reunion he's like oh no i just went to leak and sons on 79th this is the best funeral I've ever been to. <laughs> the best funeral he ever been to. This kid was in ninth grade, and he had been to 15 funerals. You know, um, I, um, I went to, um, in Atlanta, my wife's from Atlanta, so recently I'm working on another book called It's Not Regular 2, and so I'm doing research. And um, I passed by a gun store in Atlanta, and they had a machine gun with a silencer in the window. And so I stopped by to talk to the owner, like, what's the purpose of a machine gun with a silencer? There's not a lot of deer out here with a, you know, bulletproof vest. Like, why do you got a machine? He's like, well, first of all, it's not called a silencer. This isn't the movies. It's called um, an air compressor. And the reason why I have it is easy. It's for home defense. I was like, home defense? He's like, yeah, this gun is so loud that if you were to shoot it off in your house, you would hurt your kids and your wife's eardrums. So you want to get the bad guys right. You don't want to hurt the I was like, go. That's not regular. So anyway, that kind of <laughs> stuff to me is like no. blows my mind. And those stories irk me to the point where I want to um, wake people up by writing or speaking or um, challenging them. And um, yeah, that's that's why that 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 inspires me to do it. So I want to go back to connection sure. because I actually saw this today. OK. And in a couple of times in your story, you talked about the young man yeah. and him. What? we would have considered a, maybe it was a family reunion or yeah, something yeah. was a funeral to him but you make that connection and you don't judge mm-hmm. and i think 
that's what pulls us apart Mm -hmm. is that we think we can't relate. And although that may not be your experience, but being able to draw that person in and have a connection is important. I also Mm. saw you with those high school students today. Yeah. And I saw fire. (laughs) I saw you really in your element as a mentor and connecting with them. Mm -hmm. I want to know from you, because in your organization, and we ha- we're, we're sporting our yes. hoodies. I yes. wish you all could see them. Yes. My block, my hood, my city. And I was born and raised in Chicago, in Inglewood. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I purchased my first home as an adult in uh, uh, Ashburn community. Okay. Okay. So I'm a proud Chicagoan. So I know you have a wonderful strategic plan for this organization because we're seeing some of the fruits of your labor. What does success look like to you? Success looks like being alive. Um, success looks like, um, like every day is a battle between inclination and obligation. I'm inclined to do a lot of things, but I'm obligated to, to be a father, to be a husband. Success looks like making the right decisions every day for me. Um, Success looks like moving towards my fear. How can I not be fearful today? How can I not do that, right? How can I, um, yeah, that's success. Um, My goal is to be a mayor, so that's my goal. It's always been like something I want to try to do. I want to I want to take a stand with integrity for what I believe in. But every time I like have a goal, God has a way of like having his own plans for me. So um I want to be a better listener. I think that'd be a success for me. Um I want to be fearless. I think that would be success for me and be alive, man, because I I got I got I don't want to um I, I want to speak life into myself and others, so well, you're here for a reason. Yeah. I know you've been targeted yeah. three times yeah. uh, because of the work that you're doing. And to survive those three horrific incidents, you're yeah. here for a reason. So for I sure. hope you know that. Yes, I, I receive that. I appreciate that. I believe that. I believe that because that's traumatizing in and in itself. Like, you know, that's really traumatizing. It's still with me. I still have PTSD today. I was shoveling snow on 71st in Merrill the other day and, I, and someone drove by and I was like, man, I still have this PTSD PTSD thing. And my wife sees it when I go to Atlanta or I leave Chicago. She's like, man, you're calmer out here. You know, I, I don't realize that there's, you know, you almost just have to like have your yards up all the time, you know? Because you don't want, I mean, I got security now. You know what it's like to have security? It's weird. It you know? is weird. It's super weird. And um, But anyways, that's what we got to do, so, yeah. We started this podcast in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic, and we didn't know mm-hmm. what we were about to embark on. Yeah. I feel like in many ways, we started walking into our fear mm-hmm. and talking about some tough topics, tough issues, and always seemed to come through no matter what we were talking about. It was teaching, it was learning, it was leading but it always had a thread of equity and mm-hmm. diversity and mm-hmm. inclusion. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm wondering what you might offer to us is a step for us to help us walk into our fear, to guide us. What can we do on the podcast Mm -hmm. to have a greater impact, a greater positive impact? Yeah, well, I think that um, you guys starting a podcast around that time is is very, uh, um, it's awesome. Um, And it's also, um, okay, I wanna say it's striking because you know a lot of companies in that time started reaching out to nonprofit organizations mm-hmm. and they you didn't know if they cared about like uh, justice being denied or they cared about business being interrupted so people in 2020 around George Floyd they were uh, um, they were empathetic and then 2021 I felt like they were compassionate um, 2022 I felt like they were showing up I guess that's compassionate too but in 2023 there's like a diversity equity inclusion fatigue like people are like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not going to support the same organizations. So I would say that it's awesome that you guys are um, are consistently still going. I, I would uh, um, I would use just that, like you use audio. I would use images as well to people that you bring into your podcast. I think that'd be, you know, pe- just seeing y'all is is amazing. And, and you know, you, wow, like I think just seeing a picture of that. Not, I don't know if you guys are already doing that, but I'm saying that I would use that imagery. Um, I would also uh, um, just find like a um whoever has a lot of followers on instagram and i I would find somebody with a big followership that is it could be a comedian from chicago it could be like um corporate i don't know if you know who he is but he has a million followers and he makes videos off his iphone bring him here and talk to him how how did you build this how do you make these tv shows with your with your iphone um bring him in this campus and talk to him i think students are going to want to know that it's going to blow their mind to see how he's doing it and i think that that will, uh, I'm, I don't know. That's, well, that's you're pretty mind-blowing, too. Well, and I just want to remind thank our you. audience that you're listening to Teaching and Leading with Dr. Amy and Dr. Joy. And today we have the incredible Mr. Jamal Cole, the CEO and founder of My Block, My Hood, My City. <laughs> and we're here this week on Martin Luther King Jr. Week observing all the things that he's done. We've had a remarkable week, and today is like no other. Uh, Mr. Cole is spreading his love. He's sharing his views and his values, his perspective with our faculty, staff, Mm -hmm. students, and our partnering school, Crete Moni High School. So we just really, really appreciate you being here. And you just talked about, Dr. Amy, you could do this, you could do that, you could do this, but we could do you. So <laughs> yeah, <I> pre- <laughs> we're I doing that. <laughs> y'all are doing it well. We're, this is we're more doing than expected. You. So we this have is... won uh, silver, silver awards, you know. Wow. So we have wow. about 100 and almost 100, we'll be near 150 soon, published podcasts and now we're doing radio, so we're happy. We're evolving. That's and any time we want to give up, because I'm sure you've had time. To, this is a lot of work. Yeah. And we don't we don't get paid for this, yeah, you yeah. know. And yeah. it, it's it's a lot of work. And any time we feel like giving up, mm-hmm. we meet someone like you. Yeah. And yeah. so this happens to us on a weekly basis. You know, <laughs> we meet someone like you, and then we say we can't stop. Yeah. There's so much wow. to offer the community, right? There's yeah. so much well, for us to learn. There's so many ways for us to connect. And we just want to be part of what you're part of, of just building community. Yeah. You know, having a more inclusive, equitable 
community. So Mm -hmm. we really respect the work that you're doing. We're ecstatic that you took the time to be with us today. Thank you. I'm curious about some of the fire that was happening with the Crete Moni high school student. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. fire. Yeah. Yeah. I just sharing my story. I just, I want to, it's not, I want to express more so than, yes. I, I was just trying to express myself, right? And, um, yeah, so I wanted them to feel that passion because that's really what separates you. And, um, and just, yeah. Um, so it is a lesson for us to learn because I saw that connection and you don't want to be so far remo- removed where you can't relate to them. Yeah. So that's another yeah. thing we started talking about as of last week, right? We don't want to be removed from students. We mm-hmm. have to be able to connect to them. We have to even be able to see their pain yeah. and respond to that yeah. and not shy away from it. So yeah. I, ju- I saw all of that <laughs> connection going on. But yeah. it's that connection you know, especially when we have freshman students here. Mm-hmm. And it's hard retaining freshman college students, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know that, you know. Mm-hmm. And many of them do not make it to their sophomore year. Yeah. And I think having that ability to connect better. Yeah. I try to lead into storytelling. I think the storytelling element mm-hmm. is like I tell myself, Jamal, you're a great storyteller every day. And I try to tell um teach through storytelling that's kind of my um what i learned from like nas but as far as like expressing myself um i just want to be vulnerable and if i'm vulnerable i think that's the bridge mm-hmm. like to, to connecting with people so that's what i was trying to do today is like make sure when you say it you know people remember like remember like one percent of your speech but they can yep. they'll walk away feeling like oh man i'm going to the league man mm-hmm. i'm going to the league and they, they don't remember that you know and so i just want to if they remember just that then i, I think i did my job so well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. No, I like what you're saying about vulnerability. Yeah. We shy away from that. Yeah. But that is the biggest piece of connection that we can offer. Mm. So before we close, I'd like to know, uh, our listeners would like to know what initiatives you have going on right now. What are some upcoming events that mm-hmm. you can share that yeah. we can maybe get involved in. Yeah, so we have our hoodie ball coming up on February 17th. And so it's our annual fundraiser at the top of the Hancock. It's February 17th. Definitely come wear whatever hoodie means something to you. It could be your favorite sports team, a fraternity, a sorority. Uh, we don't want the Green Bay Packers hoodies in there. But people, express yourself whatever your hoodie. I wore a hoodie that said God did last year. And we have the hoodie awards, whoever has the best hoodie. We have a golden hoodie award to an activist we give out. But we got 500 people wearing different hoodies. It's called the hoodie ball. Like a sneaker ball, but a hoodie ball. February 17th. Go to our website, formyblog.org, for more information on that. And also, you know, we have... um. We have um, picket sign and activism workshops. We'd love to come to high schools and colleges to get people involved in making um, and being a part of our march coming up, the March on Madison. So express yourself with the picket sign. It could say, I am a man. It could say, Jim Crow must go. It could say, equality for all. Um, But just make sure you're committed to the words. Uh, We're fighting for humanity. We're not fighting for Instagram. But we want to teach you how to make picket signs and, 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 and fight for what's right. And so, yeah. Bring us to a school near you. Uh, just go to our website, formyblock.org, and sign your school up for picket sign and activism workshops. Thank you. It's been Thank a pleasure. You. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Teaching and Leading with Dr. Amy and Dr. Joy. Visit our website at govst.edu slash teachingandleadingpodcast to see the show notes from this episode. 
We appreciate Governor State University's work behind the scenes to make publishing possible. Stay tuned for more episodes with Dr. Amy and Dr. Joy.